what's going on, everyone? Thanks for tuning in to the Mac and Fish podcast. I'm Coach McKinley Roll, and I'm here with my co-host, Charles Fishbine, better known as Fish. Fish, what's going on? What's up? All right, we're also here with our other co-host, Corey Long. Corey, what's going on? How you guys doing tonight? Good, good, good. Well, some interesting uh, games this past weekend. Um, let's jump right into it. Um, Clemson, uh, BC. Um, obviously, uh, you know, newsworthy story was uh, Trevor Lawrence, um, you know, testing positive for uh, coronavirus. And, um, you know, obviously that uh, was a detriment to Clemson's team. Um, you know, Fish, what were your thoughts in the game? You know, I mean, Boston College jumped out to 28-13 lead, at, you know, by halftime, and Clemson was on the ropes. Uh, it, it looked like there was a possibility of an upset. Uh, but you got to give the coaches credit at Clemson. What, what makes great teams great is they're able to come back from adversity. And you, you look at the history of the last 10 years of the teams that have made runs to the um, finals they have that one game where they're always behind or they, they have to come back and it's every great team. You, you, we've talked about this before. It's very hard to get these kids up every week. Uh, and I, I just don't think it's not like, you know, back in the day when you used to see Nebraska in the big eight and they would win 72, nothing against Kansas. There aren't no Kansas. Well, I can't say there's no Kansas anymore because there is Kansas, but the, the teams of the ACC that are good, like, uh, you know, the, it's they're not blowouts anymore. So it, you have to come every week and, and Kansas should, I mean, uh, Kansas, I'm, I'm so confused on that, but, you know, Clemson had to come from behind and, you know, their star players, uh, Etienne, you know, he, he made a ton of plays. I mean, seven catches for 140 yards and a touchdown. He had 20 rushes for 84 and a touchdown. So he had a, a big day, but the, the freshman quarterback, DJ started out, had a slow day early on, you know, um, he got behind, but when it mattered most, you know, we talk about this all the time. People talk about star rankings, five stars, 30 for 41 for 342 yards and two touchdowns. And he also had a rushing touchdown that pretty much started the rally. I believe in the second half, it was a 20 yard uh, touchdown run. So they have players and these guys keep stepping up when they need them to. And that's what makes Clemson so tough to beat is everybody sits there and goes, ah, oh, they're beatable. Well, until you beat them, every, you know, it's easy to say, Hey, this team's beatable. But um, I think they're a team that uh, has maybe one or two challenges left uh, before they, you know, get to the ACC title game. And it's pretty much clear sailing for them. Uh, other than next week with uh, Trevor out, it's pretty much clear sailing to the another playoff uh, spot for what, like the fifth or sixth year. Yeah. Oh, I, you know, it was, I thought Boston, it was funny. Boston College pretty much got every break you would need to get to pull off this upset. Besides the quarterback being out, they're uh, up 14 to seven. Clemson's looking to tie it. And they end up uh, fumbling the ball at the one. It turns into a 99 yard touchdown the other way. They get this amazing catch on a touchdown to make it 28 to 10. So they got all these breaks, but. You know, like 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 Fish said. You know the 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 top. You know you can you, you see why certain kids are considered elite and what they're able to do. Uh, DJ Ua Galele, he 
you know, he had a he had an you know he had an interesting kind of first quarter, but he got better. He got better with every drive. Like it felt like every drive, they were starting to figure out what he could do. He absolutely fires the ball, and I mean, his fastball is impressive. When he ran for the touchdown, I, I heard comparisons. He physically looks kind of like Dante Culpepper, you know, big two hundred and forty five pound guy out there running. And I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm really kind of excited to see him play Notre Dame next week. It, I, it works out for Clemson on a few levels. They don't have to win the game. They can play Notre Dame again in the ACC title game and be fine. It gives Trevor Lawrence rest. He's taken some hits this year. So now he's going to get two or three weeks of just to rest up his body. And I think, you know, this kid's going to get some confidence. Whether they win or lose, I think he's going to play well. Like I, I had, I saw enough to believe that he can go on the road and play well. I think he's going to use his running ability a lot more. He's he's just a, he's big. I mean, he's so physically big and hard to take down. So you start adding his ability to throw with Etienne. I, I just still think they have they're just tough. I mean, you know whether he's whether Trevor Lawrence is playing or not. That's a team that you know they're built to win championships, and that means that guys have the ability to step up when other guys go down. Yeah, I uh, I thought that at least uh, what Boston College show was um, this is the most I've ever seen a Clemson defense really give up, right? Um, as compared to when they're playing in the playoffs. But as far as an ACC play, um, you know, I thought they were really they showed a little vulnerability, um, which is a credit to Boston College, right? I mean, yeah. but like you talked about, Corey, I think that uh, what this is actually showing is Clemson's depth and. Um, with Lawrence out, you know, he's only one injury away from the next man up. And I thought the quarterback stepped up. I mean, he he started off a little rocky, but, um, you know, obviously he got better towards the, the second half. So um, credit to him. Um, but I think the Lawrence situation is something to look for. Look at, though, as well. Um, you know, you don't you don't miss two weeks and, and don't have some kind of drop off. So, you know, we'll see how that affects them, but we'll see. Yeah, you know, the, the one thing I'd like to kick in real quick is I think BC made the right hire. Uh, oh, God, yeah. I, I think we need to give them credit. Jeff Halfley was a guy, he's he's from New Jersey, uh, was yeah. a guy that I believe was uh, one of these top recruiters uh, in the Jersey area. That's how he got a name for himself. And what, he's, what he did at Ohio State, you look at Ohio State, he had one of the top rated defenses. Their defense wasn't as good this weekend. Um, but what he's done at BC in such a short amount of time, we hear, oh, you need time. There's, there's been the whole COVID excuse. BC looks pretty good, you know, for a yeah. team that wasn't very good last year. And um, he's done a phenomenal job in a short time. And I think they already have like the top rated uh, class. Uh, I know it's early for 2022. He's already got landed some top kids. Uh, so not only is he a very good recruiter, he's going to make, Boston College, a tough team to beat year in and year out up there. I, it's been a while since they've had this type of potential, and you got to figure if he can continue to bring in quarterbacks and good tight ends and some good skill kids, you know defensively he's going to get it done because that's where his expertise is. But Boston College is going to be a team, I think, that maybe they don't contend for the ACC title in the next couple of years, but they're going to ruin a lot of teams' weekends. Uh, in the next couple of years. But I don't know how you guys think about it, but that's my take on it. So, 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 I, I love so, their offensive identity. I love what they're doing now. They, you know, I mean, last year, the last, in the last five or six years under Adazio, they were three yards in the cloud of dust. And 
you know, a guy with no spring football, and I know COVID hit Boston like it did every place else, somehow manages to come in, implement a, you know, more of a spread pro-style offense right away, brings in a transfer quarterback in Jerkovich, got, you know, figured out a way to get some players on the roster, and, you know, and gave Clemson their biggest test in that conference in a, in a very long time. And, you know, you feel like even if they're not going to compete for the ACC title in the future, they're going to be the top end of those second-tier teams, that 8-9 win team, a team that's capable of pulling off an upset. But, you know, they're, they're fighting with Virginia Tech and some of those other teams to be that, you know, that team that might be right a notch below Clemson. But, yeah, I mean – Athlete right away. You can look at his recruiting class. It's good. It's a good recruiting class. So, so you telling me that you don't have to have uh, you don't have to have um, a whole year to be with someone, or you know, you don't have to um, have uh, you don't have an excuse of COVID, or you know, it's a new staff. You don't have to have all Americans. Um, is that what you're saying? Not if you're a good coach. <laughs> That sounds like you're coming. You're, you're talking about some people. I don't know, man. Yeah, not if you not if you know what you're doing. Then yes, you can absolutely go in there and coach some football. Uh, I, you know, I, but, uh, I, all right, yeah. interesting, interesting. Okay, ten four, ten four. All right, well, let's talk about. Uh, let's hop into a little bit of the Big Ten. Um, you know, big game with Ohio State, Penn State. Uh, Penn State um, key stat hasn't been zero two since uh, I believe they said 2013. Um, you know, that, that's, you know, it's pretty significant, but let's talk about the teams that Penn state, you know, they, they went against, I mean, Indiana looks like a new type of program and, and obviously Ohio state is Ohio state. So, uh, Corey, what do you think? They just couldn't stay on the field with Ohio state. They got down by 18 pretty early. And from there, Ohio state kept them at arm's distance. I I think Penn state's pretty good. I mean, they should have won the game last week made a mistake in some situational football late in that game that took it to overtime, a little overmatched this week. Um, you know, I, I still, what do they got an eight game season? I'd have to look at the rest of their schedule. I wouldn't be surprised if Penn state finished the season six and two. I mean, James Franklin has proven that, you know, he can win some ball games. Uh, they just, I just, you know, it was tough. It's a tough start to the season. I think they've come out a little rusty and, uh, you know, and yesterday, but, you know, Ohio State's the class of the, of the conference. So mm-hmm. that, that's going to be that. But I think they'll beat Maryland next week. And I think they'll beat Nebraska the week after that. And I think they'll beat Iowa the week after that. Then it's Michigan. Like, there's five wins on the schedule still. The Michigan game, we'll see. But they've got five wins on the schedule pretty easily, in my opinion. Yeah. I'm not, you know, it's one of those years where, you know, usually the Big Ten, you know, they play a couple max schools together. You know, that's basically their preseason, them not having a preseason and going in. You know, we've talked about this before. There's after Ohio State, a lot of these teams in the Big Ten, there's not really a whole lot that separates them. So if you have a bad day or you get off to a slow start, especially this early in the season, you could lose a ball game. Uh, I think Penn State will figure it out. You know, they lost their starting running back for the year, so they, they're going to have to rely on a couple young guys. Ironically, both of those kids are from uh, Florida, uh, but they're not – who knows if they're really ready yet. Uh, you look, they had eight rushes for 36 yards for their leading running back. Penn State's not going to win a lot of ball games that they ran 27 times for 44 yards. That's not 
it's never been their style. It's not going to be their style. So for Franklin to turn it around this year, he's one of those young running backs going to have to step up. You know, I, I thought Ohio State looked good at times, but I do think this is this team's not as good as the one last year. You know, I, I do think that they have some flaws. Uh, I mean, it's tough to say when you're up 38-25 to win a game, but uh, they're another team that they're not going to be able to take a week off. And if Fields goes down, um, just like with Lawrence, you know, they have a, a week where he either gets COVID or gets an injury or whatever, they're beatable. They're not They're not a team that's unbeatable. This isn't the Ohio State team we saw last year, which was very good. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, I think they have a chance to have a pretty good year. Ohio State, if all goes well, they'll probably be in the playoffs because the Big 12 basically eliminated themselves this week. And uh, the Pac-12 ain't starting probably for, what, another month or so? I'm joking. I know they start next week, but it, it seems like they've had a month off, you know, two, three months off. But, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. But Ohio State's got a good team. Ryan Day's a good coach. And and uh, look forward to seeing them play a couple more times before you really can tell how far they're going to go. Yeah. No, um, no, I agree with you. You know, I thought, you know, as far as uh, the Big Ten, I, I'm just excited to see Ohio State play. You know, I think they play a different level, but it's very competitive. Um, you know, every game, week in and week out. And then, obviously, COVID is affecting everything. You look at what happened with Wisconsin, mm-hmm. um, you know, and that program. You know, that's going to be – you know, that was a little detriment to them as well because they had a nice little run. But um, – Credit let's, to Nebraska for trying to play Chattanooga, trying to sneak in Chattanooga <laughs> as a backup game. They're like, uh, you know, let's sneak a victory in it. A big Ten's like <laughs> – Nah, nah, bro. Ain't gonna happen like that. But I, I give them credit for trying. I'm like, that's a pretty sweet move right there. Hey, we got Chattanooga going to lie here. Hey, you can't you can't blame them. You can't blame them. Nah. But uh, but let's talk about um surprise probably of the season, fellas. Uh Cincinnati and BYU. Um, you know, both teams have a shot really in the playoffs. Um, they're both ranked in the top ten currently. Uh, both playing very good football. You know, I watch BYU. They play a little later, but uh, I watch them, and they just seem like a sound football team. They have a good quarterback, a lot of good skill players. Um, they don't look like your typical BYU team when you watch them. Um, you know, I caught a little bit of the Cincinnati game, and, and they look very competitive. But, you know, what are your thoughts on those those two teams and if they have a legitimate chance to actually be a, a playoff contender? Uh, I've been on the BYU this BYU team since week one where they just blew out uh, Navy. Uh, this is a very, very good football team. And for those that don't get to watch them because they come on at 10 or late, 11 at night, they are very good. They're probably the most balanced team outside the elite teams uh, that are FBS, te- you know, the power five teams. But Zach Wilson's an NFL quarterback, may go in the first round. Uh, they have a running back, uh, Algier who had 60 rushes and 95 yards for a touchdown. And their wide receivers are all very good route runners. They, they're they so consistent. You watch this team. If it's third and eight, they run past yardsticks and get first downs. How many times do you watch teams and it's third and six and the guy runs a three or four yard route and you're like, BYU doesn't do that. They make you pay. And I think the other day, I think it was like five possessions in the first half. They scored five touchdowns. They're very efficient. They go up and down the field, um, and their team does – even when they bring the backups in, they were up uh, – what was it, 
and their coach brought the backup in and he there was five minutes left and he still kept pushing the ball down the field they try to pound you into the turf and i would like to see them play uh one of the teams in the playoffs i think if you have a bad day and this byu team's hot they could upset somebody especially in this year of so many crazy things you know it, it took something crazy for them to win the national title in 84 this may be one of those years where everything falls into place and maybe they compete uh, for a playoff spot and a run in the playoffs. Yeah, no doubt. You know, I, I really, I like BYU. You remember, BYU's got some older guys on the team. You look out there, you got like a 27 year old. Grown man, grown man. You got some, you got some mid got linemen all in their mid late twenties. So they're just, you know, they're grown, but, uh, Going on Cincinnati, I just I, I've been a big fan of Luke Fickle for a long time. Last yeah. year they made the AAC title game. They've been sniffing around the top of that conference for a while, and I think finally he's got that that team. And I mean they they obliterated Memphis yesterday. I think they beat them forty nine to ten, and they just they look so much far and away better than anybody else in the AAC. So. Um, you know, I think if they went out, and right now I think they're, what are they, sixth? Um, you know, they went out. They got, if you look at that schedule, UCF, they got to go on the road to UCF on the 21st. I think that's that's really their big game now. Um, but, you know, if they went out, it's going to be, I think there is a spot open this year. I mean, I, I with the Big 12 kind of playing themselves out, I don't know if the SEC is going to get in, too. I mean, I watched Georgia yesterday. They don't look like a team that you want to see that's a playoff team. Uh, Florida and Missouri, I mean, Florida, you know, they won big. It was not a very good game to watch. You know, it wasn't aesthetically pleasing in any way possible. Um, you know, outside of Alabama, I don't know that the SEC can just get it. I mean, if Cincinnati goes undefeated and Georgia or Florida is stuck in there with two losses – I know I can't just say that they deserve to be in. So I think there's a spot. I think there this might be the year there's a spot for a for a team, whether it be Cincinnati or BYU. Yeah. You know, Cincinnati made it to the Sugar Bowl not that long ago. I think they played the Gators. Yeah. And this is a better Cincinnati football team. That team uh, you know, made a nice little run, but they say defense wins championships and Fickle has an elite level defense, especially this year, you watch them. They're so sound. They don't miss tackles. They don't over-pursue. They get you in long yardage situations. They make the other team feel uncomfortable on offense. I mean, Memphis put a lot of points up on UCF, and Cincinnati made them look pedestrian. I mean, I, they just – this is the worst Memphis has looked on offense probably in the last five, six years. They've never – they haven't been dominated like this. And that's how you know they're a good football team. They dominated this game from start to finish. You never thought watching this game that Cincinnati was going to lose. I watched this game and I was I was thoroughly impressed. You know, I had gotten the chance, honestly, to uh, meet Coach Fickle. He was at Ohio State at the time. And, you know, you get to meet guys, you know guys that are going to be head coaches. He was a young guy at the time, but very uh, impressive to meet a person. And you can see why he's good. And I'd like to be his agent. That's all I got to say. I'd like to be his agent because – this guy's going to be making a lot of money in the next two years. No Somebody, doubt. Somebody's going to have to pay a big paycheck to uh, pull him away from Cincinnati. And you know what? He's got all the leverage. Yeah. You know, he's at a good program. He can win a lot of ball games. He doesn't – he's not going to have to take a program that is 
one of these programs that's impossible to win at, he's going to get a chance at a big time job and possibly in the big 10. You, if, I mean, he's an Ohio state guy, but what's to say, you know, one of the jobs in the big 10, uh, opens up this year because somebody decides to take a job in the NFL. So, um, it's possible that, uh, fickle ends up back in his old conference. I mean, he had a shot last year at Michigan state, but this year I think, you know, there's not going to be a lot of jobs open, but he's going to be the hot candidate. He'll be the guy next year that everybody's going to want. Was that a fish nugget just now? Was nah, that a, I, hey, was that? <laughs> hey, there's always rumors of Harbaugh going to the NFL, but you know, I, I know Michigan fans ain't too happy with them because of the loss week this weekend. They're not firing them. I mean, like Michigan fans need to back down. I know it's upsetting to lose to Michigan State. Hey, Ohio State's beating everybody, so don't be upset that the, <laughs> if they beat you again. You know, like, come on. I mean, honestly, it's if he wins against Ohio State, the guy deserves an extension because you're talking two different levels of talent. Yeah. But, um, you know, I mean, Harbaugh's, you know, people still like him in the NFL. He's going to probably have a shot, and he may get tired of, you know, recruiting and coaching in college, and that job opens up. And, I mean, Fickle, it's going to be tough. I mean, we, you know – you talk about we've talked about it before where like Mario had a chance to go to Florida State as an old line coach and you know that playing at that school it's tough sometimes to you know hey I got to go to that rival that I hated but he may be forced I mean yeah. can Fickle turn down Michigan I, I mean I, he may have been a rival but that's going to be a hard <laughs> job to turn down if Michigan comes calling but absolutely, absolutely. by the way you want to know how to win national titles Oklahoma, oh, excuse me, Ohio State staff in 2015. Their co-D coordinators are Luke Fickle and Greg Schiano. That's yeah. how you win national titles. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that sort of coaching staff. No, no doubt. When Urban Meyer is your head coach. That's how I, you win national titles, by oh, the way. And, no doubt. And that's – I've always said you could tell a staff by how many guys are going to move up. Position coaches that are going to move to coordinators and coordinators that are going to become head coaches. And that's how you could tell how good of a staff you have. And you look at that, what, what Urban's had, you know, Jeff Hapley got, you know, or this guy at Ohio State, he, he's at Ohio State. He's now a head coach at Boston College. You look, um, you know, I know Chris Ashton have success at, at Rutgers, but he became a head coach. You look at all the guys through the, you know, all the guys, Kevin Wilson, all these guys become head coaches or have been head coaches. You're going to have a lot of success if those guys are position coaches. I mean, yeah. you know, exp- running programs like that. But, um, you know, Cincinnati's been done a great job. And like Corey said, I think it's going to be tough to keep them out if they are an undefeated team and some other team has two losses. Yeah. Well, um, that's it for us. Uh, if you need to hear us uh, or we want to follow us, we're on Twitter at Mac and Fish Podcast. We're also on Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube, as well as Apple Podcasts. Hit us up with a rating, five star, and uh, leave a great review for us. We really appreciate that. Thank you. See you guys again. Bye.